If you like this show or any other show on the Scald's Tale Entertainment Network, consider joining us as a patron at patreon.com slash When you join, you can get exclusive content like short fiction, character sheets, character concepts, and a whole lot more. Now on with the show. We take a break from Rytha and Arnar to check in with Vivette and Casey, who are headed back to Mezzamola. The air is tense around them as they begin to check up on the state of the city. Some members of Casey's old crew have sworn revenge for what happened to the Gentle Chapel neighborhood. How far are they willing to go? I once thought that revenge was just and understandable. But what about the collateral damage that will ensue by waging war on St. Clair and the Creed Corporation? Will it be worth it? I'm not sure. My name is Christopher Rondo, and I am your storyteller. And this is Wyvern's Aria. My name is Tyler, and I play Casey, the level 5 human fighter. Casey's blonde and a little unshaven. He wears a brown leather jacket and is always seen with his trusty revolver. Hello, my name is Kidra from Texas, and I play Vivette Moores, the level 5 Celestial Warlock. Meanwhile, a couple days earlier, while Arnar and Rythan are in this forest trying to find the secrets to these dragons, we cut back to Vivette and Casey, standing on along the side of the road, following, waiting for Stacy to come up with the van to pick them up. They kind of look down the street left and right as they begin to prepare to head back into the city. Vivette, why don't you give me a character description real quick? Vivette is a human with blonde hair that fades to black. She has silver eyes and she has tattoos around her wrists, hands, shoulders, neck, and face. Represents tribal fire and it's a remnant of her old life that she's learning to hide. And standing next to her is Casey. Can you give me a description? God, I always hate doing these. Casey wears a lot of brown leathers, dark boots. It's got a lot of straps underneath it that holds all of his supplies. It's blonde, a little bit scruffy, and he has heterochromia with one eye being blue and the other green. And a fancy belt buckle. Hell yeah. Yeah, forget that. What does that belt buckle do? Doesn't give me like chameleon. Is it chameleon? Yeah. Is he advantage on stealth check? I remember now. Standing next to you guys um, is also Samson. Samson has seemed to have pieced together some of his more ceremonial equipment. We see that Samson is a tiefling man. He stands with a laser pistol on his side, but he's now wearing kind of this uh, metal breastplate as well as this long robes that go down to the ground that sits underneath the breastplate itself. On his side, he also has a Bible of Mephisto. And he is there, and he is giving a brief blessing to you. Please, whether it be Persephone in the sky or Mephisto down below, 
please make sure that my friends here are safe back in the city of Mezzamola. And that's wherever Nathan may be, may he still be alive and he can also return home safely. I apologize for not being able to bring all the people home that I said I was, Lord Mephisto, but perhaps this day we can at least bring one more home. And as he says that, you can hear down the street the sound of a van beginning to approach you guys. You can hear Stacy break a little too hard, and you hear the tire screech a little bit on this well-used road, and she rolls down a window. Stacy is a blonde human. She's currently wearing this leather jacket. You can see spikes coming out of her shoulder pads. Rolls down this window, puts her left arm out the side and goes, Hey, Casey. What? I got your bike. Did you? <gasps> You're the best. It's in the back. If you want to ride it back, you can. But you have to pay for the gas. That's fine. Thank you. Would you like to go get your bike? Oh, I thought you meant on the way back from Mezzamola. No, nah, it's like in, in the back of the van. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Of course. We don't want to think of this like a mom and pop van. We want to think of this one's like tall white trucks that kind of have a trailer kind of kind of back, and you can open up the trailer and it should have a lot of room to for activities if you want. But yeah, you go around the back, you open it up, and you see two things. One, you see your bike. This uh, this slightly slightly damaged in some places, but still seems pretty serviceable considering a city fell on top of it. And you see a young woman. She appears to be a lizard mutant, and this is a person you met as Myra, the person who's just getting used to having a tail and seems to have a hard time keeping her footing. Yes. Oh, um, hey, uh, I guess uh, take take a seat oh, back, back, back here. I'm just here to get my bike. Oh, you, you sure? Okay. Are you doing all right? Um, just going back in into the the city. I guess I don't know. Here's Stacy from the front. She's fine. She's fine. Myra uh, shakes her head. Don't worry. I'm sure everything's gonna work out great. If you say so. And I take my bike. Okay. Yeah. There's a little ramp that you can extend from the van, and you're able to pull it down, and everything still works as intended. Though uh, there is a lot of cosmetic scratches to it, but you know that can be fixed. Awesome. Insert motorcycle sound effect. Bavette, <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to do at this point? I think I will go speak to Samson. Okay. He is maybe about 15 feet away from the van and looking at. The bike that Casey's bringing out, like he, he understands automobiles, but can the people of Salorn really, really understand how a carriage can be pulled without a horse? You know. Well, thank you for the prayers, Samson. Um, I'm going to do my best to bring back Nathan. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the city. I'm a bit worried about our chances, but someone has to go, and. If I can heal them, I think it's best that it's me. He looks towards you, and he appreciates... Uh, there's a sense of softening of his facial expression. He, he appreciates your words. You know, I slept on it. I've been thinking about you, your new companions, Rythen, who has all sorts of concerns, but... I think you, at the very least, with the blessing of Persephone, has a good chance to make a change. Just make sure it's a positive one. I hope you know what you're doing. I hope I know, too. Um, we'll see how it goes when we get there. 
Well, trust in your partners, trust in your God, and don't do anything that will get you killed if you can avoid it. We don't need another martyr on our hands. I will do my best. Take care of yourself here. You as well. Once I recover, hopefully I'll have some more news from you and we can create plan or at least the next plan. Hopefully no plan B. Sounds good. Well, I'm assuming we should be off pretty soon. You look behind you and you can see Stacy handing Casey an address. You know, all you have to do is go in the city. We're going to go in through the north gate because the east gate is probably not in great condition compared to the last time we saw it. So we'll go in through the north. Uh, we'll go into the high-rise city. Um, and we are going into the Diamond Dust neighborhood. And I got an address for you right here. I uh, pulled some strings. I just have to confirm it once I get back on the grid. This is to me? Yeah. Okay. It's giving you, because you're taking your motorcycle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so she gives you an address. So we meet you there? I mean, are you going to ride with us, or are you going to take your cycle? Uh, I'll take the cycle. I got some other stuff I got to take care of at some point. Yeah, we, um, I'm going to stop by a bank, put some old money into a secure account, and we're going to get to work. All right. Hey, don't crash that thing again. I hate to fix it. I didn't crash it. A building fell on it. Sure. We won't talk about that one time. Yeah, thanks. Samson turns to her vets. Yeah, it looks like your friend... Do you consider him a friend? I am friendly towards him. I hope that one day they will consider me a friend. I'm not sure how they feel about me yet. All right. Well, trust them if you can, if you think it's right. I do trust them. Hopefully they will have my back in battle if we... If it comes to that. Seems like it always comes to that nowadays. That's true. We've set our relationship with this new world by starting it with war. There are people who are not going to forgive that no matter how hard we try. That is very true. And what we're going into is not safe. So hopefully we all come back alive. I have faith. Well, I think it's time to head out. Again, take care of yourself, try and get better, and hopefully I'll come back with Nathan. Yeah, smack him on the head a couple times if uh, he deserves it. <laughs> Will do. You see Stacy reach to the other side of the passenger seat, unlock the door, and Stacy is just a little short, so she has to like extend her hand to reach this, uh, this lock in this door, but pushes it open for you. All right, time to go. So... As you begin to head into the car and settle in for for the couple hour trip, she, she kind of looks at you and goes, "Is that a is that outfit um comfortable?" Yes, it is actually. Why? Oh, just 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 wondering. It just looks a little tight. Well, I mean, I can move around in it pretty well. I've been fighting in it this whole time. Um, it, impressive. Um, if you uh, you know, you you, you do you. <laughs> All right, let's go. She see her uh, take her right hand, put this thing into the drive gear, and like awkwardly accelerates a little too fast to try to dissuade the awkwardness of her conversation. And you head off. Casey is heading out first, but let's let's have a conversation with with Vets and Myra and Stacy. She turns to me and is like, "All right, I don't know how much you you know about this uh, 
this place, but do you have one of these? And she reaches into her pocket, and as she does this, the car sways a little bit and pulls out a small handheld. It just looks like a screen, but you've seen Casey use this device before to kind of check on things. Uh, perhaps he's paid for something, uh, probably looked at his bank account statements when you guys almost rented a car. Um, I've never used one, but I have seen Casey use one before. Like, well, uh, take this and we can, uh, page you if we ever get separated. Uh, this one's off the grid, but, uh, try not to give out the, uh, the number to just anyone. All right. Uh, it's programmed with Casey's number, Damien's, and my own. Hopefully it won't be an issue. Okay. Um, I am familiar with some computers from a time I'd rather forget, but... We'll see if I can figure out how to use this one. Uh, yeah, you can also get uh, Solitaire on there. Um, I put that on your home screen for you. Oh, Solitaire. I'm not sure what that is. It's like, uh, it's it's easy. You put the uh, ace down, but uh, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, all right, here's the plan. We're going to go into the city, and we're going to stop by a bank, uh, probably order a sandwich, and... Uh, I rented us out a high-rise loft. So we got that going for us. Uh, I hired somebody to help secure it, and then we'll uh, we'll get to recruiting and make sure that we are set for this job. Sounds good. That's much better than my previous situation. Yeah, we'll probably have to bunk up, but we'll make it work. All right, uh, so she begins to drive and she's like trying to to make small talk with you and a lot of the references she's doing she's like yeah on tv last week this this actor uh, cheated on this actor and you know like going through through basic gossip and perhaps you saw a little bit on the television in the hotel maybe some of it makes sense but most of it doesn't it's like oh yeah this actor and you know whatever this version of star wars is <laughs> died this past week um from uh, overdose you know, like, what does that mean? Oh, no, Fairy Kisher. Oh, no. Too soon? Oh, poor, poor Fairy Fisher. But uh, we'll, we'll stop to Casey. Casey, uh, you are on a bike. You can go a lot faster than the van. The bike is just built to be faster. Unless you are intentionally just kind of keeping up with the van. The truck. Perhaps a truck is a better way to phrase it. Yeah, I'm kind of just keeping up for now. Okay. We take a look of your, at, around your surroundings, and we are still kind of in swamp. And it's almost pretty dramatically, you can see in front of you, the city of Mesomola. And from the north side of this thing, where you are approaching from, the city actually looks pretty, pretty much the same as you have always seen it. There doesn't appear to be any destruction. There doesn't appear to be any any real issue. And uh, as you begin to approach that initial entrance into the city, sort of this checkpoint that it's like a, a freeway entrance, basically. You can take a ramp up to go to the upper city and you can take pretty much go straight and head into the undercity. And, you know, you're supposed to go to the Diamond Dust community and so, well, you know, but what's your objective? So they're going going there to the diamond dusk pretty soon they are planning to like run some errands and be there pretty quick first i want to see if i can go to like the upper ring to the store where my sister worked and see if that's still like standing so 
you for one you notice that your pager gets reception again which was was an issue before your communication device as i think we will call it from now this cd but um you look out and you know your your the shop that you were looking for was right above the gentle chapel neighborhood it was just simply taking an elevator and you were able to be at this location unfortunately though that part of the area has collapsed and we finally get to see this destruction it's, it's largely blocked off by yellow tape but you can see like maybe about a good 600 to 800 feet radius so like like a 1400 feet diameter circle pretty much seems to be collapsed on top of itself you can see a larger destruction and a couple of vehicles out there trying to clean it up and perhaps rather gruesomely you can see them pull out all sorts of different things from the rubble including stonework furniture and you see them pull out what appears to be a dead were rat folk one of the uh, rats folks that the, the party encountered within the mess as well so that building's completely gone pretty much correct I guess then I would go check her apartment. Okay, so you travel a little bit, kind of getting stuck in traffic because the construction is kind of sucky, but you can kind of weave your way through on a motorcycle, and you arrive at kind of this this nicer four-story um, apartment. So she does have a studio in this building, and at the very least, this building is still standing. I go and see if she's home. Yeah. You walk into this, you walk into the apartment complex, you find her door. We'll say she lives on like the second floor, but uh, the door is shut. Think you'd have a key? Probably not. Okay. The door is locked. I bang on it really loudly. No response. God. Hmm. Okay. Well, after this much time, I've been, I've probably killed some time. So I'll go to the diamond desk. Okay. Why don't you roll me a perception check, please? Ooh, perception. 14. Okay. You look at the door frame, and right where the doorknob is, you can see that the doorknob has been replaced, and there's some damage on the, the wood. Like someone broke the door? Or, per, like, pride barred their way in or something? Yes, like someone pride... Crowbarred. Uh, uh, plied? Crowbarred? I don't know. I don't know what the proper term there is. But, yeah, like, someone kind of broke the, uh, the lock near the handle. Not, like, kicked it in, but... Yeah. So is this like, it's like an apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Is there like a desk downstairs somewhere? Like a main office place? There's probably like a, like the landlord's apartment, not the la- like the maintenance guy's apartment. Yeah. You can probably go there. I don't think there's like a desk or anything like that, though. Yeah, I don't know why I thought that. I need some like very, very expensive places kind of kind of have a receptionist. Yeah, I'll go knock on their door. Yeah. You see a man in, like, a gray maintenance outfit open the door. He seems to be in his mid-40s. And and you've probably seen this guy around. He goes, hey, I I know you. What do you need? Hey, I'm looking for uh, Miss Stone. Do you know where she is? Uh, Haven't seen her in a couple days. A couple days? Yeah, not since everything went crazy. I'm assuming she she ditched town after everything crashed. Uh, I saw some damage to her door. Do you know what happened with that? No, I, uh, I can check it out, though. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. Uh, you just 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 one second he walks in you can hear like keys jingling 
comes out with the toolbox and goes like, all right, let's go check it out. And uh, he, he was probably on the first floor, so he'll he'll go up to the stairs, walk up the stairs, and head to this apartment. And he looks at the doorknob, looks at the door, and looks at his key, and like, uh, this isn't uh, this isn't my like, unless she got a new doorknob, which is against her lease. I don't have a key for this. Okay, that's interesting. I'll find her and I'll I'll ask her what what happened. Uh, all right, all right. You know, if you get a hold of her, let me know because if she is not here, then I need to. I, I guess I'll find out when rent's due in a couple weeks, right? Yeah. All right. Thanks. Okay. He goes back to his his office. You hear him turn on the TV. Okay. At that point, I'll go to the Diamond Dusk. Hey, Vivette. You see Stacy go to a bank. You see uh, the the Mezzamola Big Center sitting in her car. She seems to be doing some stuff on her communication device and walks in to this building. About 20 minutes later, she walks out and goes, All right, we're all secure. You ever been up here before? Uh, what do I call you? Uh, I've heard you called Lady Vivette. Uh, um, I've heard you called BV, but that sounds kind of offensive. Vivette is fine. All right. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's go check out this new place, right? I'm excited. Pretty good deal on uh, on uh, my uh, leasing agent. His name is Craig. He has a, a list of all sorts of places. Well, that sounds fortuitous. Yeah. And she drives this van and goes off into a parking garage that is underneath what appears to be this 40-story building. And she parks the parks the van. It's like, all right, uh, sorry, Myra, go ahead and put on this uh, this cloak and uh, you know hide your tail or something. It's like, oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. And she leads you to an elevator, and you guys go up about 20 floors and. As you enter in, she puts in this eight-digit code into the elevator thing, and the elevator door opens, and you find yourself in a high-rise loft. Oh, this is much nicer than when I stayed before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a living room, a kitchen, two whole bathrooms, four bedrooms, uh, as well as uh, a couple of bonus rooms that we can probably use to set some stuff up. But I got to make a couple phone calls. Why don't you uh, go ahead and page Casey, see if you can figure out that that device, and, and uh, we'll uh, we'll go from there. All right. Okay. How do I do this? Um, on. All right. Casey. Casey. Okay. Casey. How do I... Okay. Um, do I make a roll for this? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, if you want to roll computer use just to see if we do, but the DC is like 10 or something like that. It... Oh, yeah. 17 plus 5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You're like, S... M-S. What does that stand for? Alright, what, what's your page to Casey? And 280 characters or less, but you can send multiple pages. We're here at the loft. Where are you? Send. Casey, you get a message from an unknown number. Uh, don't, don't answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll just assume it's from, like, Stacy or something, using a burner phone or something, so... Okay. Just weird, because she usually uses a lot more emojis. XOXO. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I'll just keep going. Vivette, you don't get a response. You're also probably driving, so it's probably for the best you don't you don't answer your, your text. While driving a um, motorcycle? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Call me crazy. Yeah, prob- prob- probably not. You hear Stacy on her phone and goes, Hey Theron, I got a job for you. You might not like it though. Depends. How much does it pay? 
I can offer you 5k for this job and it's only for a day. Seems kind of high for a day job. That's, uh, you know, under the table. All right, where are you staying at? Just, just need to let you know. Um, one, pack a overnight bag. And two, uh, we have someone from over there. What do you mean? Magic? Just uh, over the pond, we'll say. He's gonna kind of curse under his breath. I'll be there. Click. Stacy turns like, oh, vet, you get a hold of Casey? Um, I messaged him, but he has not messaged back. Maybe he's driving. What? He doesn't, can't respond while driving? <laughs> Stacy's my <laughs> new favorite character. <laughs> well, I think that would be quite dangerous. I mean, don't you need two hands to make one of those things go? He might need two hands. Oh, roasted. Got me. All right, well, we got another person coming to help us out and um, got to make a couple more calls. Uh, gotta, I got to warn you, though, um, some of the people we are we are working with, uh, you know, they are very good at what they do, but with strong attributes, strong come strong personalities. Well, I'm used to some adverse types, especially working in the church, so I think I can deal with them. Um, why did you mention that you had someone from across the pond, as you put it? Uh, uh, I, I'm assuming you, um, you know about the war between the two sides. I don't know how active your, uh, your job was in it. Oh, I'm, I'm aware. Uh, this person is a, uh, war veteran of sorts. Oh, well, that's awkward. Yeah, but, like, he probably never killed any of his friends, so we're probably fine. I I didn't kill anyone. He's also a bark animal, so uh, just, just uh, be wary of that. He's very good at what he does, though. Okay, well, hopefully we can get along during this whatever it is. It's like, great. Uh, so he's going to be our bruiser. Uh, we just need to get a tech guy and a medic. So uh, I don't know who to call for the, the, the doctor. Oh, you know what? I met this bright fellow like six months ago. Not sure if he can do anything to help us. We can definitely patch up our wounds. Ring, ring. Hey, Gavin. Hello. Yeah. Uh, what you up to? Oh, not much. Hey, I heard a funny rumor that, uh, you guys, uh, try to blow up the city? Uh, we are trying to debunk that rumor, uh, oh. quite, um, adamantly and quickly, but, uh... Never believed it for a second. Just wanted to, you know, throw it out there. I got something to tell you. Love to hear it. We met some rat folk once, and I'm sure we'll meet one again. Maybe you want to check it out if you uh, come help me out with a couple things. Uh, there's some money involved and some pizza, and I'll give you a neck rub or something. Come on. I mean, I've got the free time. I could use the money. These rat folk, they, those, uh, I heard rumors about, like, they're not mutants like you know the good type like me you know they're like feral and not people anymore yeah seems like they they took more of their animalistic traits just a little too seriously well damn well i mean if you need someone to patch you up i'm all but what's you know maybe i'm not all on board what's the what's the gist of the plan what are you free to tell me you know, we are, um, you know, the, uh, St. Clair Pharmaceuticals. I'm in. All right, let's do this. All right, great. <laughs> Where am I meeting you? I'll text you an address. Sounds fantastic. I'll be there. All right, same number? Is this one? Well, y yes. What, do you think I made of money? 
have multiple ones? Uh, I don't know. It could be a house phone. Do people still use house phones? I haven't used one in like hey, 10 years. It's my house is mobile. <laughs> Not really, though. But uh, right. just take, I'll meet you there. All right, let's pretend. Yeah. I'll hang on now. I'm glad you're getting out of your shell. Bye. Quick. <laughs> so dumb. So funny. Terrible comments. <laughs> She's like, I'll, I'll get her tech guy. And she like begins to like massively text someone. And it's like one of those times where you see them like texting an essay or something like that. Because of course the tech guy doesn't want to actually talk to anyone. Correct. That's what I thought. <laughs> It's like, all right, uh, well, uh, there's going to be seven of us. There's four rooms. Uh, I guess they pick a roommate and go from there. At this point, Casey arrives at uh, this high-rise uh, apartment complex. And when you begin to go to the elevator to, to enter in, Stacey's going to text you the uh, the house code and like the keypad number to get in. You begin to stand next to a very tall man. He's like six foot four. He has a darker skin tone. Uh, he's wearing this trench coat. And when you get a look at his uh, right arm, it is all mechanical. You can see that he is part cyborg. In fact, when you take a look at his at his face, so you thought that it was just him like wearing sunglasses at first it actually looks like his sunglasses are imprinted onto his skin he looks at you and goes hey hey and waits for the elevator there's an awkward elevator jingle (laughs) yeah as you guys walk in he clicks on the floor you're supposed to go to before you can click on it uh, so you know stacy too yep oh looks you up and down (laughs) what's your relationship uh, let's say f- former co-worker. Oh, uh, me too. Me too. Ding! Elevator opens. Yeesh. Gavin and Theron will arrive within the next couple hours, too. So, I will say, uh, let's do Gavin first. Gavin arrives first, so you open the elevator, put in the code, the door opens, and you see a, col- a wide collection of this cyborg man, Casey, Stacy. That rhymes. Weird. Did you, did you just realize this right now? Hey, I did. Uh, <laughs> the vet who, who is in non-standard attire. We see a lizard folk in a corner trying to practice her balancing skills. And now we have Gavin. Why don't you give me a character description, please? So uh, in walks a, let's say, uh, 5'8", a turtle man. He, you know, humanoid shape, but he is clearly a turtle. He's got, you know, the green skin, the slight, like, beak-type nose that turtles do. He doesn't have, like, the big bulbous shit, like, cartoony shell. It's, like, it's as slim as a, a turtle shell could possibly be. He's rocking, you know, just, like, standard work boots. Looks like there might be steel toes or something. He's got, a uh, khaki, like, cargo pants. And you see people wear it. It's got, like, all the pockets, and most of them have something in it. But, uh, being a turtle, wearing a shell, shirts are difficult. So you can see that he has, like... A bunch of things like strapped over his shoulders and around his waist, but it's all covered up by a modified poncho that covers most of his uh, upper body. Like it's like you know front end standard poncho, but you know cut in the back to go around his shell. And uh, yeah, he's, you can tell he's got some equipment underneath there, but you can't really tell what with his silhouette messes with everything. Yeah, just walks in, looks uh with a little grin. Hey everybody, how's it going? Gavin, he look good. I mean, yeah, but always, but you know, I try. Oh god, I try. And follows shortly after that is Theron. Why don't we get a description of Theron? Theron stands six feet tall, very broad shoulders. 
Uh, he's wearing a suit of armor that's kind of looks like a plate mail. It's very bulky. It's got lines of red lights that pulsate through it. He has a very regal looking mane. It's very big and puffy. And his fur is a mixture of white, gray, and light blue. And his eyes are a piercing blue. Equipment wise, right now it's all in a bag, but he usually carries a, a larger energy pistol. It's kind of bigger than the, too big for a human to hold. And he also carries a long sword on his back with the hilt pointing downward. Okay. You see everyone here. You see like Stacy, like about to walk up to Gavin to perhaps give him a hug. And then you see Vivette in this area. And she's, I don't know, you probably haven't seen very many clergy types, but this is definitely like a, like a ceremonial type outfit that she's wearing. I'm going to walk into the, the apartment, throw down my duffel bag. Stacy, where are you? I'm right here. <laughs> oh. Who's the turtle? This is this is Gavin. Uh, well, nice to meet you. Lion thing, cat. That works. I'm gonna look around the room, look at uh, the vet. Say you must be a magic user. Um. Tell where you're dressed and no weapon. Oh, I have weapons. And she takes out her yekwa and extends it. I'm pretty good with this. Call that a weapon. Cool pick. Cool, 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 cool. Anyway. Keep your magic to yourself and the enemy. Don't touch me with it, and I'll protect you. That's what I'm paid for. What if you need to be healed? Don't worry about it. Oh, that's what I'm here for. That's me. I got that. That's my thing. I'm real good at it. I think I'm good at it. I don't know. People pay me for it, but I must be kind of good at it. <laughs> but if we're and... in battle, and you fall, and I'm the one next to you, you do it would be irresponsible I not mean, to if you heal do you. Yeah, yeah. Sounds awesome. I mean, we share the burden. I mean, whatever makes my job easier. But I mean, like, yeah. Cool. You talk too much, turtle. If I fall in battle, I fall. That is a, a that is a, just a wasteful mindset. I agree with the turtle. Once again, Gavin. Hello, Gavin Kavakas. Guy. No, that's not how I say my name. How do I pronounce my name? Kavalas. <laughs> I, I, I no longer know what is Alex and what is Gavin. It's <laughs> a disconnect for me. <laughs> Can't you tell? Just because I'm not putting a voice on it anymore. I almost. I make him like British or like Southern and then I just, whatever. <laughs> and then when, uh, shit. How do you pronounce my name? Fjorn? You don't know. <laughs> you, you asked us earlier and everything. Theron. Theron. Okay. So when Theron turns around, you'll notice a leather armband on his left arm that has the symbol of the moon on it. He's a That's werewolf. for me. Oh. <laughs> Wear a lion. That's pretty cool. It's like, all right, so uh, we have four rooms. There's seven of us. Uh, maybe. Well, we'll figure it out. All right. Um, maybe uh, we can put uh, Myra and Vivette together, and I'll, I'll stay with Casey because I've known Casey for a while, and you guys can figure out the last two rooms. And this mechanical man, six foot four, stands slightly taller than, than Theron, kind of walks over, and uh, he has a very heavy step and goes, like, Hi, my name's Tilla. What 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 is your name? Is he talking to the lion? Talking to both of you. Well, I know his name now, so your name. Gavin Cavallis. Name's Theron. 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 Got it. Locked in. I uh, I looked at the room. There's one smaller one. Uh, maybe the the lion can take that one, and then you you go bunking up with me, Gavin. I don't I don't take a lot of space. I'll sleep right here. That way I can watch the door. All right, Gavin, we got our own room. Sounds good with me. 
have a nice cat nap. <laughs> Gavin out. Turtle soup is delicious, by the way. It's just rude. Just plain old rude. Over the course of the next few hours, uh, Tilla takes out this large pack and begins to set up this pretty complicated computer system on a the dining room table. All these rooms are furnished, so they do have a bed. Most of them have two beds, but there is one that has a, probably like a master bedroom sort of deal. Only has a very, very large one. And slowly but surely, everyone begins to kind of turn this place into a little more fortified hideout. I'd imagine Thera, and with, with the help of Tilla, begins to kind of like create more barriers between the elevator door and like the actual door to the, the high-rise thing, begins to set up just, just extra security there. Gavin probably sets up like his um, medical supplies. You probably have a, a healer's kit of some sort in your inventory, I would imagine. But uh, what does uh, Casey and Vivette do? Because Casey is more of a, I don't know, like a lookout slash sharpshooter person role in, in this kind of group. And Vivette is a magic user. So, you know, setting up an apartment for a base probably is, is not their strong suits. Um... I'm looking over the shoulder, watching them set up the computers and seeing if I can learn anything. Yeah, the biggest thing with Tilla as a cyborg is that he seems to be able to kind of like plug himself in with his right hand to a lot of the electronics. But uh, while you're not quite sure how he is controlling the programs that are popping up, you can see some like binary code that you can kind of interpret. You can kind of see it's like, okay, this particular pattern opens up this program. This particular pattern opens up this program, X, Y, Z, that sort of thing. And after watching them for a while, then I'll head over to my room and start um, praying and just meditating. Yeah. Casey, what are you up to? Casey would probably take a walk around the building casually and, like, look for potential escape exits, stuff like that, get to know the building. Yeah. So there is the elevator, but there's also another door that goes out into a hallway that acts as like a staircase going downwards so you guys are on on the 14th floor so it is quite a descent and uh this is about a 35 to 40 foot 40 floor building with the nicest building with nicest rooms being on top that uh, may actually be taller than the other floors you take a look at the roof uh, which has a nice little courtyard set up with like a couple of I guess I, I'm losing track of the tables. That's the word I'm looking for. With tables and chairs set up, there is like a small jacuzzi that is set up there as well. And, and just overall kind of like this nice uh, roof courtyard that can overlook the city of Mezzamola. This building is pretty big. It's not the biggest building in this area, but you can see the McCreed Corporation, the St. Clair Corporation, major buildings. They have skyscrapers with their logos on these buildings, maybe about half a mile off from you. Uh, beyond that, there's an assortment of different restaurants. You want Italian today, French food, takeout Chinese. Oh, where are these mystical places? <laughs> uh, after I do that, I go back inside the uh, new base and I see Vivette messing with the, what are we calling them now? The Palm Pilots. Oh, communication devices. It's a CD. <laughs> God, the <They're> cunt. <laughs> I see Vivette messing uh, around with the CD and I go, you know, if you uh, push buttons in the right order on that thing, pizza will show up at the door. And then I just walk away. <laughs> um, Doesn't she canonically not like pizza? Had a bad run in the first time? 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember correctly. I found yeah. it. Um, all right, pizza. Pizza. How do I order pizza? Oh, no, no need. No need. We just, uh, we gotta... Is it, so, does this place have a uh, kitchen of sorts? Correct. If I never saw it correctly, there's a uh, fully stocked kitchen over here. No need to order any of that uh, greasy junk. And uh, Gavin's gonna get to work doing his uh, fourth favorite thing, and he's gonna start cooking for everybody. And we don't want to uh, order Mover Eats. Mover Eats. Boo. Yeah, I wrote that down Boo. in my notes. Boo! That's just uh, bad. Yeah. So uh, as uh, as Gavin prepares a meal, Stacy will be like, "All right, so you want to hear the job?" Oh yeah, yeah. That's why we're here. I mean, yeah. I, you know, uh, new people. I thought we were having a little get together. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah. What's the job? Just, uh, yeah, stick that in the oven and come come eat by the computers. All right. All right. Three seventy five or twenty five minutes. Turn the little knob. All right. Um, sorry. It's interesting bringing a modern kitchen into a Dungeons and Dragons game. I like it. When the cyberpunk kitchen for cooking with lasers. <laughs> We're not that far. Okay. Okay. We can get one of those like uh like laser knives that toasts the bread as you cut it. Ooh, oh yeah. Uh, checkers guide that has that. Fancy. We are off track. All right. What? So Stacy uh, sits around the computer and Tilla is on his in the chair. And his left hand is like on a keyboard. This human hand is on the keyboard typing. His right hand's like plugged in to the computer box itself and. All these programs begin to open very quick, and it's like, uh, thanks to Myra here, we we have a location. Um, you know, the uh, St. Clair uh, building over there um, seems like uh, on the 32nd floor, uh, well, we'll just say that uh, Myra became who she was there, so uh, we're going to check it out. Um, the job's pretty difficult, though. Uh, you guys are going to have to uh, stay subtle, go to the 32nd floor, and as soon as the elevator door opens, you have 18 seconds to install this chip into the security camera and to defeat the two guards that are at the door blocking this uh, this office. Once you do that, uh, you go in, and then you have another 3 minutes and 30 seconds to get the lead scientist in there, see if you can drag him. Uh, as well as any other information possible. Perhaps there's a hard drive you can steal or something like that. And then you have to be back in the elevator uh, going down because the guards are supposed to check in every five minutes. And if they don't check in, well, you're in a lot of trouble. So door opens. Uh, Tilla can turn off the cameras for 18 seconds. However, once the camera's back on, you have to have this thing installed and these guards have to be defeated. Because those guards are not knocked out. Uh, Unfortunately, the ship doesn't block audio, so they'll be able to hear the fighting. Now, uh, we, you say we're gonna be quiet. Alright, nudge Casey. Uh, is that gonna cause some problems with, uh, our, uh, fiery friend over here? I mean, I have quieter weapons, don't worry about me. Uh, you can be loud for an entire 18 seconds. Fair enough. Branching out, I see. It's just, uh, once you go in, if there's a fight in there, that's when things are gonna get difficult. But the chip will hack the cameras, and we can turn it off for 18 seconds before backup power comes back on. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, Baron, Casey, this is more on you. What do you think you need? Uh, I think I got everything I need. Do you need more than two of you? Do you want to send in a vet here as well? I think Gavin should be there just in case um, anyone inside may need medical attention. More help is always appreciated. Unless you've got them doing something else. 
well, no, we Tilla is going to be here inside uh, managing everything. To be honest, I'm not much of a fighter. I just uh, fix fix the cars. So if you take anyone else, it's going to be uh, Vivette there. Vivette is willing to go. I'm willing to go if we need more backup. Hey, if this is the job, this is the job, and I'm on it. I'll see what I can be doing from here. All right, well, this is the first part of the job. This is what you're hired for, and if you want to stick around, there's more more pay for it. Uh, I got a nice little um, bank account here willing to pay bills for your rest of your life. Yeah, no, if you get the money, and if it's going to be against St. Clair's, then yeah, then I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. All right, well, uh, wheels up in a couple hours, get some rest, uh, check your equipment, and, uh, you know, just... Be on your guard, and we'll fade to black here. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Skull's Tale Entertainment, LLC.